If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. This is another of our popular Listener's Choice interviews, which we're playing over the weekend. We've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Our guest today is Rebecca Ashton. Rebecca is a dressage rider, trainer and coach. She's also a Pilates instructor for equestrian riders and also an equestrian journalist. So a bit of an interesting background there, all with horses, all within the horse industry, but just a couple of different ideas that we haven't talked to people about before. How are you today, Rebecca? I'm very well. How are you? Great, great. Rebecca, we're going to start off with a favourite quote. Have you got one for us? Yeah, I mean, I first heard this quote from Adelinda Cornelison, the Dutch dressage rider, but I'm pretty sure she didn't actually come up with it. But it's, um, if you do what you did, you get what you got. And I just love it because I think it's a really good reminder to have an open mind and to have a broad outlook to really anything in life, but especially your riding. Mm, yes, because some people are very quick and easy to blame their horse, aren't they? Yeah. And if you look back to what you did before the horse actually did that, then... Um... Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, trying to listen to what the horse is trying to tell you. And, you know, every horse is different. So is there a different approach? Is there something that you can even take from a different sport or something like that that's going to help you? But just to have an open mind and think outside the square sometimes and be adaptive. Yes. Yes. Now, Rebecca, tell us about when you first started with horses. Well, I can't remember the start of it, but I know there's a photo somewhere of me when I'm about four walking down a dirt road with a Clyde style foal but I have no idea where that is (laughs) but I started regularly riding when I was about five years old at a little place called Jackaroo Ranch in Kenthurst which is northwest of Sydney I don't it doesn't exist anymore I I think there's a whole heap of houses there now but it was run by a lady called Patty Hudson and you know it used to be the trail ride once a week on a Saturday and I just thought that was you know I was in heaven I remember the first horse I rode there was called Coffee so I still remember that 40 or <laughs> and um, my favourite horse was Paychecks, and he was just—I thought he was fabulous. What, what but, was so um, good about him? What did you like? Oh, I don't know. I just thought he was the most magnificent animal. I'm sure he was just probably an old nag, but I just thought he was a horse god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And from there, I, I went to uh, probably when I was about nine. There was an old Dutchman up the road from us called Ari Berger. And then I thought I was incredibly professional because I was in a dressage arena. So (laughs) I didn't know what was going on, but I was in an arena and that's kind of all that counted. (laughs) But um, my first horse was a little grey Arab called Karim. I got him for Christmas when I was about 11 years old. So that's where it really all started. 
Okay, okay. Now, it's a long jump, you know, because you've done a couple of big things that we're going to talk about a bit later. But from riding at Jackaroo Ranch to having a career with horses, when did you decide to actually have a career with horses? Was it one decision or was it something that you just always assumed? How did that work out? No, actually, it was something I kept dipping into and thinking of, but I never really did it. And it's really only kind of recently that I started my actual career. When I came back to Australia in 2010, I'd been living over in London because I spent 17 years as a futures broker and a hedge fund trader. So you're sitting in front of six computer screens thinking, is this my life forever? But, you know, riding was always my serious hobby. And even when I was in London, I was still training dressage with Vicky Thompson and riding with her every day. And I kept going to Germany and training and thinking, you know, right, I'm going to make a career of it. And then I thought, no, I won't. I'll keep it as my hobby. But when I came back, that's when I decided that was 2010 that I would change my whole life. (laughs) And I did all my Pilates training and my BHS qualifications while I was living in London. So when I came back, I was ready to rock and roll. (laughs) Good, good. Okay. Now, we talked about a career with horses. What about if someone that you meet wants to start a career? What sort of character traits and core skills do you think they need? I think you need an incredible work ethic. You know, you really need to be a very hard worker. And I think the most important thing is keeping in mind, if you're working with horses, is fairness to the horse and respect of the horse. I Mm -hmm. think those things are the most important because they're the centre of everything at the end of the day. And from that, I think you have to be able to really control your emotions. I think that's very important. And you have to commit to self-improvement and never stop learning. And I think the other thing is, yeah, just be very professional and look after your clients. If you're teaching, I think you've got to give 100% in a lesson. I don't like watching trainers on their mobile phones in lessons. I don't think that's fair at all. And I think respect to the rider, you know, sometimes I think we as trainers, if someone's not understanding what we're trying to say, we can get short with them. And I don't think that's fair because you have to remember people aren't aren't stupid or they don't want to learn. It's just they don't either understand or they don't have that skill set yet. And I would be in the same situation if I was trying to, I don't know, learn rock climbing. I don't know. Mm. So I think it's respect and trying to find a way to communicate. So I'd have to say good communication skills as well. Okay. Okay. What do you think is the best thing about working in the horse industry? Oh, the horses. (laughs) (laughs) Just every day being with the horses. But I really love with the work I do, especially with the riders and the Pilates with the riders, is I love seeing the combinations change and improve, you know, and creating better partnerships and making things more comfortable for the horse and making things safer and more comfortable for the rider and letting them both enjoy their work a lot more. So, um, yeah, that's what I really enjoy. Mm, mm, and with the journalism side of things I just love interviewing people I love learning and digging deep and finding out what makes you know the best writers and trainers tick and coming from a sort of slightly different than journalism point of view I certainly enjoy the interviews and the learning and everything that's going along with being a podcast host I think it's wonderful yeah yeah yeah. good fun isn't it it (laughs) is it is I'm certainly enjoying it and learning a lot yeah. yeah. Now, what about people who've influenced you, helped you in your career and helped you make some decisions that were pivotal, you know, in your career? What can you say oh, about that? 
Well, horse people, I mean, we could go right back to, I mean, there's always been support, you know, big and small. So it's kind of hard to narrow it down. With the horse riding per se, I mean, I have to go back to Deirdre Stock was my first instructor when I had my second cross quarter horse and I had no idea what I was doing. And she got us both to, you know, pre-St. George into one. So that was quite a feat. Quite a feat. Mm, I was going to say for a quarter horse because, you know, let's face it, they're not bred for dressage. No, they're not, and they're not built for dressage, but no one told Dylan that, so he he got on with it, and Deirdre was such a great instructor and was able to teach a horse that's not built for dressage and a child who didn't know what on earth she was doing (laughs) and got us to that level. So, you know, I was very grateful for that. And then after that, Alan King, who I still train with, he doesn't train a lot of people, but he spent a lot of time with a lot of the old German masters and he has an incredible eye and a great deal of knowledge and he's very generous with passing that on. So mm-hmm. he was very influential. Christopher Bartle, I find him inspiring in his teaching, like um, his style of teaching and his communication skills are amazing. So I you know, tried to draw from that. Oh, there's so many. Um, Betsy Steiner, that's more from a distance from her book. That was the first introduction for me of Pilates and riding, and mm-hmm. that's going back like 20 years. But she wrote a book called A Gymnastic Riding System Using Mind, Body and Spirit, and that was when I decided I should start doing Pilates. In the Pilates field, a girl whose studio I work at now, Jenny Yadrasic, she was my first instructor and we've been best friends, we've been really close friends for 20 years. So she was my first instructor and now I work with her. So she's been incredibly supportive of me in that area. In my journalism career, the horse magazine like Chris Hector and Ros Neve have really supported me and taught me a lot with that. So yeah, they've been great as well. Good. Oh, I, I could go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had a particular horse who's influenced you? Oh, again, you know, it's probably I'd have to say Corinna Doc Dylan. Dylan, that was the little second yeah, cross quarter yep, yep. I was talking about. I got him when he was four and I was probably about 12. Mm-hmm. We had him till he was 27. We had to have him put down. Mm. So we were best mates. He was like my horse of a lifetime, I think. Not that he was the greatest horse, but he taught me so much and mm-hmm. we had a great bond. But then, you know, some of the really difficult ones have been really good because they've taught me, you know, patience and finding new ways of doing things and yep. and really to always listen to the horse. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. every horse is going to teach you something. For sure. A bit like um, sure. Podaski's book, you know, My Horse is My Teachers, really. Yeah, it's just yeah. like that. And sometimes the more difficult ones can teach you more. You know, you keep persisting with them and learn from them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, what do you think, and thinking about the industry and, and your jobs, you know, as a coach, as a Pilates instructor, but also as a competitor and a journalist, what do you think has been your proudest moment within the horse industry? Going right back again with Dylan, I keep bringing him back, but Mm. (laughs) uh, he got the Quarter Horse Australian Dressage Horse of the Year and he was in the state squad for New South Wales. So that was always quite a proud thing. Look, sometimes just getting a horse through a challenging situation or competing them at levels you never thought they'd actually reach, that's always been, you know, that makes you kind of proud. With the journalist side of things, it would be covering the Olympics and WEG Mm -hmm. the Europeans, those big shows, because they're really, they're tough shows to cover. They're exciting and they're interesting, but it's a lot of work. Yep. Yep. And to get through that at the end of two weeks and you're just exhausted, but it's such a fabulous feeling. And 
Yeah, I love that. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. So thinking about where you are now, you know, that you said you, you came back and, and I suppose relatively new to the horse industry, to working in the horse industry because you had another career before this, but what's been your biggest challenge to where you are now within the horse industry? I can't think of one big challenge, but I think just changing your whole career because I changed, you know, country, changed career, changed where I lived, all of that. And it was quite hard to just get going. You know, you think you're going to come back and it's all just going to happen. But, you know, you have to push yourself and market yourself. But I've always had great support from my family and friends and things. So I've been really lucky with that. Mm -hmm. But you, it, that just came down to hard work as well, especially with the journalism career, because I haven't trained as a journalist. It's just I've self-taught myself. And I think that's where it comes back to keep learning. You know, I keep listening. I keep reading things. The same with Pilates. I keep looking at other instructors and seeing how they're teaching. I keep doing courses and the same with the horses. So I think the challenge, I mean, the biggest challenge is doing the boring work, like doing your accounts and things like that. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. I think just the day-to-day -day running is, can be a bit of a challenge because you just want to go out and do all the fun stuff. Horses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but there's nothing massive, you know, that I can think of off the top of my head. How did you start your journalism career? I've always loved writing. And when I was at uni, I did business, but I majored in finance and management. And management requires a lot of writing and a lot of essay work. And I always loved writing essays. I'm a bit strange, but um, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. So I kept writing. And then when I left my money market job and I traveled for quite a bit in between and I was keeping a blog and people seemed to enjoy it. So I thought, oh, maybe I can do something with this. So yep. it kind of just started from that. And then just a lot of pitching of articles and lots of, you know, cold pitching and and just working hard. And sometimes you, you know, I started doing things for not much money and then um I got better and <laughs> got paid a bit more. But um really it was just putting my head down I did a couple of courses, but that was about all. And just putting your head down, working hard and pitching, pitching, pitching. Yep. 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 Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Now, thinking about you being a coach this time, I keep jumping around, but you've got sort of careers within the horse industry and I want you to, you know, talk and give everyone a bit of a view of that. But thinking about dressage, and I know that you're using Pilates to help improve dressage riders and you're a dressage coach. So, what sort of things, what's a common fault that you see with dressage riders and how could you use Pilates to fix it? I guess the biggest thing is people riding off their hands. Mm -hmm. That's pretty big and trying to control everything from their hands. And people understand the concept of, you know, independent hands and all that, but, you know, it's quite a difficult thing to achieve. So getting people to be able to balance in their body and to be strong enough in their body to, to do that, that's where Pilates can be quite helpful so um you know i always say to people when they're riding you you want to you want your body to be this framework that your horse can mold himself around so the framework has to be quite strong so that you don't mold yourself to your horse so much but at the same time you have to be soft and supple enough to move with your horse you know not to be stiff against it so it's finding that balance in movement to be able to influence the horse but still stay soft enough to move with the horse so I always try to get people to think of you know having strong bones and soft skin but um that's where I love the Pilates and I've started using this great thing called an oeuvre 
<laughs> OOV, which is really strange looking device, but it's one of the greatest things I found to help riders. And it's really hard to explain, but you know, I lie them on it. We do a lot of exercises on it. It's quite portable and I absolutely love it. And I've been using that a lot because it really works on, it, it destabilizes people. So from that instability, you get that core strength, your body switches on the core and it gets that stability from balance yep. in a way. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's really important. The other thing I think the Pilates is quite good to achieve for riders is awareness, body awareness, so that you can, you know, give your hand and turn your body and do all these separate things in your body that creates a well-functioning whole. And I think that's where Pilates is quite helpful. And also concentration, being able to concentrate, that's the biggest asset a rider can have is that concentration, not to, to, to be able to react or influence a horse, but just gently and delicately. And that requires quite a big deal of concentration. So, yeah, they're probably the, the biggest thing, the faults and how I'd address them off the horse. Yeah. I think the other thing is too, you know, you're giving people Pilates exercises they're not necessarily exercises that they need to do on the horse, but they can be doing them, especially if they're a bit time poor. You know, there's only a certain amount of daylight hours they've got to ride their horse or a certain amount of time they can be away from home. Mm. It gives them some other exercises to build their body strength, get body awareness, focus on their concentration that's going to improve their riding, but they don't necessarily have to be doing it while they're on the horse to improve their riding. Yeah, and I think also on the counter side of that, you've got to be able to take the work from the mat and mm -hmm. put it to work in the saddle because that can be a challenge too for people. You know, they might go to lots of Pilates sessions or yoga sessions, but sometimes that link between off the mat and on, in the saddle mm. can be a bit missing. The other thing I would encourage people to get someone to watch them exercise because the most subtle changes can create really big differences. So okay. that's something that I would be aware of as well. But really, I think you owe it to your horse. I mean, I, I kind of, I know it sounds really harsh, but you're on a living creature. So you've got to have respect for that horse. And I think working on yourself, whether that, that might even be just mentally doing meditation, I don't mm, know, but mm. depending on how your mindset is. But I think working on yourself is really, really important in this sport because it's not just about us. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Certainly using one to complement the other. Yeah. Now, have you got a book that you can use as well to complement the training? You had talked about the gymnastic riding system using mind, body, and spirit. Is that a book or have you got another one to recommend? Yeah, that's a book. I'm, I, I assume it's still yep. in print. Look, I mean, we, we've been able to get some out-of-print books and we've got, oh, okay. yeah, on the website we've got, I think it's horsechats.com slash books that you can go there or just go to the website and look for recommended books. We've got links to all the books there. So, uh, you know, I think we've pretty much been able to find all of them that people have recommended, which is good. Excellent. There's another nice little book actually called Pilates for Riders and that's by a lady called Lindsay Wilcox-Reed. Yep, okay. That explains things quite nicely. She has some great photos. I think everyone who does dressage especially should be made to read Steinbrecht, <laughs> the yep. Gymnasium of the Horse. Yeah. I mean the first book that really turned me to dressage as a teenager was Misconceptions and Simple Truths in Dressage yes. by Henry Van Schaik. 
<laughs> he was saying things that was totally magical to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. thought it was quite astonishing. And also the complete training of horse and rider by Alois Paraski. Mm-hmm. That was my Bible. I mean, I've got a copy that's totally falling apart and underlined. And Yeah. No, I think that's another one of our popular ones. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, Rebecca, what are you looking forward to at the moment? What's your future hold? Oh, more of the same, you know, more clinics. I do some clinics overseas and I enjoy doing that. And I'll go to Europe this year, hopefully, to do some more interviews and to do some horse shows, to cover some horse shows and just, yeah, more of the same. I I love it. I've also got, um, I was really lucky actually to present a documentary. We made it last year. It's being launched at the end of March called Aussies in the Saddle. Mm -hmm. So, that's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm ex- that's at the end of March. So I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, so just keep going with everything I'm doing. It's nice when you can just keep going with everything you're doing because you're already doing everything that you want to do. I know. I'm so lucky. <laughs> that's kind of how I planned it when I left my corporate yeah. job. I kind yeah. of started doing all the things I used to do in my spare time. So yeah. now people say, oh, you work so hard, you work all the time. But it's what I was doing in my spare time anyway. For sure. So it's For fine. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now just in a few sentences, can you sum up your philosophy with horses? I think just work hard and work smart mm-hmm. and always have time for your horse. Like, don't rush things. Yep. Really don't rush it. The horse doesn't know what that means, the rushing. Just do not rush it. And I always hashtag my, a lot of my Instagram things with be nice to your horse, and I think that's really important. <laughs> I think that's good. I think that's good. And I think a lot of people will uh, connect with you and just follow you just because of that saying, be nice to your horse. I think it's lovely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, Rebecca, you talked earlier on about a blog. Have you mm-hmm. got the address? Have you still got that going? Oh, that blog, I haven't I haven't continued it, but it's still out there in cyberspace somewhere. It's called Hedge Funds to Hedgerows. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought that was appropriate at the time, yep. but that was all travel things, which was, you know. Oh, okay, not particularly horses. Not horses. Yeah, now yeah. I just, I have my Facebook. Yep. So I've got my, yep. just Rebecca Ashton, and I've got Rebecca Ashton Equest Elite, which is my horse side of things. Mm-hmm. I've got Instagram, Rebecca A. Ashton. My website is equestelite.com. Okay. We'll have those details as well on horsechats.com slash Rebecca Ashton or just go to horsechats.com and search for Rebecca. And it's R-E-B-E-C-C-A. Is that right? That's correct. Perfect. All right, Rebecca, wonderful talking to you. Very good talking to you about a few different aspects that you've managed to pull in, you know, with the journalism and the Pilates as well as being a dressage rider, dressage coach. I think that's been very good and good listening for our readers, you know, just to sort of give them a broader idea of places where they can work within the horse industry. So thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. You're very welcome. It's good fun. Okay. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.